He had seen it firsthand, preachers work. Sixteen years ago, Rath had been first on the scene to his sister Laura's murder. Not as the young state police detective he'd been at the time, but as Laura's younger brother. He'd been an hour late. Instead of showing up on time to help Laura with the birthday dinner she'd planned for him, he'd been with a woman in a motel room. He was allowed, he'd reasoned. It was his birthday. As he'd parked in Laura's driveway, he'd rehearsed the lie he'd tell his sister for being late. He'd been working on the Connecticut River Valley killer case. Her front door had been open and he'd stepped inside, calling out, Sorry, I was... Her body had lain at the bottom of the stairs, legs pinned abnormally beneath her torso, her lacerated face turned to the side as if in shame, the once white carpet now so drenched with her blood it squished underfoot. Clots and strings of blood slopped on the walls. Her neck had been broken, and she'd been rudely violated with objects other than the male anatomy, though that would prove to have been used too. Her husband Daniel's body had lain draped over her as if trying to protect her even in death. He'd been viciously and repeatedly stabbed. This was Ned Preacher's work. Preacher. Laura and Daniel's former handyman who'd skipped town 16 months earlier. Preacher, now just paroled after serving only 16 years of his 25-to-life sentence for the murders. Preacher, who now claimed on the phone he was Rachel's father, claimed he'd had an affair with Laura before leaving town. Preacher, who'd exulted, Your sister couldn't stay away from the bad boys any more than you could from the bad girls. While she picked the wrong bad boy, wouldn't you say, playing with her handyman while her pretty boy husband was away? Then I came back through town to give her some more, and she gave me holier-than-thou holly-fucking-hobby bullshit. A mask. I fucking knew. What I didn't know was about the baby upstairs. Until later when I read about it in the papers. She should have let me take her one last time. Given in to her nature, I'd have gone off none the wiser. Instead, she had to play good girl. Agitate. His voice had sounded distorted, demonic. I can do simple fucking math. Rachel, she's mine. How is she, Wrath, your daughter? She seems fine, from what I see. Wrath's brain crackled with violent thoughts. He had to get to Rachel's place. The caller ID showed private. Wrath pressed star 69. A mechanical voice droned, This number cannot be reached by... Wrath slammed the phone receiver down so hard it cracked. On his cell phone, he dialed Rachel's number. He should have called her first. He wasn't thinking clearly. Rachel's phone kicked a voicemail. Call me, Rath shouted. He dialed 911. A woman's measured voice inquired, 911, what's, I need to report a break-in. What's the address, sir? I don't know the exact address. The break-in isn't taking place where you're calling from. No, and you don't have the address? Rath's heartbeat accelerated. How do you know someone is breaking in if you don't know where it is occurring, sir? The woman said. That, it's in Johnson, up a hill by a... He had to think. His brain fritzed with adrenaline. I know where it's happening. My daughter's apartment, I got a call. From your daughter? How could he say he got a call from the person who had broken in and have this woman believe he wasn't a lunatic? Sir, if this isn't a serious call, my daughter is in danger. Wrath barked. He took a deep breath. Whether Preacher planned to harm Rachel physically or not, whatever he had in mind was meant to cause pain. 
I'm a retired detective. My name is Frank Rath, and my daughter is in trouble. Someone is at her apartment, right now. Someone who intends to hurt her. A man who raped and murdered her mother and now claims he's... But you don't know where your daughter lives? The woman's voice was bright with suspicion. She just moved there. I don't know the exact address. It's off... I'm trying to remember the road. It goes up a hill in Johnson, near where the post office is. His mind careened. He needed to slow his thoughts. The microwave clock showed five minutes had elapsed. What preacher could do in five minutes? Forget it. Sir, if you hang up, we have to. He killed the call and charged out the kitchen door. No time for a jacket. No time for anything. He'd lost too much time already. A bit of rain battered him. The clear skies had fouled in the time he'd been home, the deep snow starting to melt as fog reached its tentacles across the old farm.